Ready to break free from algorithms, vanity PR, and money-sucking ads? My name's Larissa Worstiak, and I've learned in seven years of jewelry marketing that content is the crown jewel. My agency, Joy Joya, takes a holistic approach, leading with laser-focused storytelling, impactful content creation, and strategic content distribution. This method has worked for the solopreneur as well as the multi-million dollar company. And now I'm sharing the same systems and tactics with you. Here's to standing out in the sea of sparkle. Welcome to episode 244. Today we're diving into one of my absolute favorite topics, email marketing for jewelry brands. If you've been following along, you know that in the last episode, I talked all about the importance of content distribution. And guess what? Email is a rock star when it comes to distributing your captivating stories and content. So Picture this, which with each email you send, you're wooing your subscribers, captivating them with your sparkling stories and irresistible offers. Your emails should leave them wanting more, eagerly anticipating your next message. It's all about creating a sense of intrigue and curiosity, just like a romantic courtship. So let your creativity shine and craft emails that not only showcase your stunning jewelry, but that also spark a genuine connection with your audience. You'll be using your emails to gradually nurture and engage your subscribers, guiding them along the path toward becoming loyal customers. Think of this as like a dance where you lead your audience from one micro commitment to another, building trust and rapport every step of the way. And then before you know it, they'll be falling head over heels for your jewelry and happily making that big commitment to purchase. So I'll be covering why is email marketing so important for jewelry brands today and Larissa, is it still really relevant? We'll be talking about that. What's my favorite platform for email marketing and why? And what are my top five tips and best practices for emails that work? And if you're new to this podcast, you should know from now through July, I'm offering a free six-month podcast-guided program called Jewelry Marketing Jumpstart, and that involves weekly audio and video lessons, as well as companion PDF downloads for each new episode. If you haven't already signed up for the Jumpstart program, please visit joyjoya.com jump. That link is in the show notes. I know you've been hearing me say it many times. So what are you waiting for? Sign up, it's free. It will add extra value and more details to the episodes. That's joyjoya.com slash jump. But before we get to the solid gold, I'd like to take a moment to remind you that this podcast has both audio and video. So you can either listen on your favorite podcast platform or watch on YouTube by searching Joy Joya. You can support the podcast for free by taking the time not only to subscribe, but also to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Speaking of podcasts, did you know I also co-host another one called Success with Jewelry? Jewelry marketer Liz Kantner and I have this podcast. We've already released 
I believe it's 38 free episodes now everywhere you listen to podcasts as well as on YouTube. We also have an insider community where we share extended episodes, hands-on guidance, and a plethora of resources. Visit successwithjewelry.com to learn more. Okay, my sparklers, let's get into the next installment of Jewelry Marketing Jumpstart, which is all about email marketing as one of my favorite content distribution tactics. Yes, I'm a marketing nerd, and yes, I love, love, love email marketing, and I'll be talking about it a little more over the next few episodes. So first, let's tackle the question, why is email marketing so important for jewelry brands today? And is it really still relevant? So there are three kind of more basic reasons why email marketing is super important for jewelry brands. Those are the ability to communicate in a more personal way, the ability to build customer relationships, and also to showcase new collections and offers in a reliable way. And I'll talk about what that means. So when it comes to the personalized communication, email marketing really allows you as a jewelry brand to deliver tailored messages to your target audience. So you can segment your email list based on things like purchase history, preferences, and demographics. You can also create highly relevant content like personalized product recommendations, exclusive offers, and more. And even if you're not doing some of those more advanced tactics that I just mentioned, email marketing can still feel a lot more personal than some other forms of marketing. Um, It just feels like a more one-to-one connection between the brand and the target audience. And also that person who's receiving your emails has opted in. So they are more receptive to what you have to say to them. Email also helps you build and strengthen relationships with your customers. So by constantly providing valuable content like styling tips, jewelry care instructions, behind the scenes stories, then brands like yours can really establish themselves as trusted advisors, not just as a business that's selling something. And in that way, you are fostering long-term loyalty. Also, email marketing can help you gather feedback from your subscribers, um, whether you conduct customer surveys or you're just paying attention to the behaviors of people opening and clicking on your emails. You can really get a lot of useful information to help you make better decisions moving forward. And then lastly, email marketing gives you the opportunity to showcase your new collections and even your offers. So of course, as you know, you probably release new products and collections on a at least semi-regular basis. Maybe you have limited edition pieces, seasonal promotions. I would say email marketing really serves as an effective channel that gives you a chance to showcase these offerings directly to customers. You know from using Instagram and other social media platforms that if you're exclusively relying on social media to announce these things to your followers, 
There is no guarantee that someone is going to see it because of the way the algorithm delivers content or even see it on time. I know very often I see Instagram posts and I look at the timestamp of when it was posted like five days, sometimes a week after it was posted just because that's how the algorithm is delivering it to me. And I've missed out on uh, like limited edition things, discounts, just because Instagram isn't delivering the information on time. So email can kind of help you have that more immediate connection to the people who really want to hear what you have to say. And then two more like advanced reasons why I think email marketing is relevant. One, it helps you comply with privacy regulations in marketing. And two, it really can provide you with data-driven insights and optimization. So let's talk first about data privacy. Please don't fall asleep. (laughs) This is very important. So in 2023, and even for a few years now, this is not brand new, data privacy regulations like GDPR and CCPA, they're continuing to shape the digital marketing landscape. But email marketing is a way to, offers a way to gain consent from the people you wanna target. So they are willingly saying they want to receive communications from you. And then the email marketing platforms help you comply with these regulations, and it just ensures that you're doing marketing in an honest, permission-based way, letting people unsubscribe when they wanna unsubscribe, letting, letting your target customers have ownership over how they receive communications from you. And I think that that's super important and helps you build trust as a brand in the marketplace. And then next, with the data-driven insights and optimization, when you send email marketing, you get valuable insights into your subscriber behavior, into engagement rates, into conversion metrics, especially if you're using a robust platform like Clavio. And that helps you continuously optimize your email campaigns moving forward. It gives you the power to test different things, to try different things, to refine your messaging, to even potentially make changes on your e-commerce site. So the more email that you send, the more your subscribers engage with your email, the more powerful data that you'll have at your fingertips to implement for making changes moving forward. So is email marketing still relevant today? Heck yeah. Yes, (laughs) it's so, so relevant. And I don't care what anyone else says. If they're not a marketing expert, I know that at least in this industry and in my personal experience with my clients personally, I see that email marketing can deliver some of the best return on investment out of all the marketing channels available. It consistently delivers a high ROI for businesses across various industries, but jewelry brands especially, they are no exception. I would say email marketing campaigns are cost-effective. They do take time to plan for and to execute, but you can do them on a pretty in a pretty budget-friendly way and still get super impressive results that you're not going to see 
with social media or some other marketing tactics. And I think with a well-crafted strategy, compelling content, and strong calls to action, then jewelry brands like yours can really generate significant sales and revenue from email marketing marketing efforts. I also think that there are fewer and fewer ways today and will be moving forward to have deep insights into customer data, as well as have access to customer information like email addresses and shopping behavior. But email marketing is still really a space in marketing where that's possible. And that is super empowering for a business owner with a digital storefront. So what is my favorite platform for email marketing and why? Hands down, Klaviyo is my favorite email marketing platform and I promise I am not being compensated in any way to say this. I actually used to be all about MailChimp. I was a MailChimp super fan, but They have simply not kept up with changes and innovations in email marketing. They have truly fallen behind. Klaviyo is my go-to. I recommend it to everyone selling e-commerce. And if you sell on Shopify, then you definitely need to use Klaviyo for email marketing. The integration between Shopify and Klaviyo really allows e-commerce businesses to seamlessly sync customer data, track purchases, trigger automated email flows based on specific events and actions. And the thing I really like most about Klaviyo, and I've played around with a number of different platforms because I've had clients who are on a lot of platforms that I've tried, Klaviyo has really the best in class analytics and reporting features. And that allows businesses to measure the success of their email campaigns, track key metrics, and then make data-driven decisions to optimize. Because without those metrics, I mean, you don't know what's going on and you don't know how to make things better. I would say even if you personally are not sure how to navigate data and analytics and that feels overwhelming to you, once you do work with a marketing partner or even if you bring on a freelancer for something and they're familiar with analytics, I promise you that person will be super grateful that you chose Klaviyo because they can easily get the data they need to help you make better decisions about your email marketing. I would say with Klaviyo, it is not the most beginner-friendly platform, and I think that's why people don't start with it. There is a slight learning curve, especially if you've never done email marketing before. But I don't want that to discourage you because it's not not for beginners. And once you kind of get past that initial learning curve, the Klaviyo support team, especially on live chat, is outstanding. I am a very experienced email marketer and I always have questions for them and they always have answers for me. But I think once you initially get used to it, it's pretty user-friendly and robust, especially if you're just working off like one or two templates that you use regularly and you set that up, there's not much more you really need to be playing with. I would say if you're not doing any email marketing at all right now, and you're thinking, oh, Klaviyo might be a little bit more advanced for me, I'm going to try like a more 
beginner-friendly one or more whatever you've heard about these email platforms. In my experience with my clients who do that and they start with like a more beginner platform, whatever that is, I'm not going to name names of these platforms. (laughs) It might work for you for like a few months, but Once you realize you wanna be doing more with email, uh, you're gonna very quickly get frustrated once you find out all the limitations of this platform. And it is super annoying to switch to a new email platform, I know from personal experience. So if you're open to learning something new and taking email marketing seriously, like right out the gate, then I would definitely, definitely 100,000% recommend Klaviyo for email marketing. Okay, so I wanna share my top five tips and best practices for emails that work. This is kind of some more general advice. Over the next few episodes, I'll get more specific into subtopics of email marketing. But I think if I was just going to give you some main takeaways to remember about email marketing, these are the most important ones. And uh, they're not just like principles that (laughs) aren't based on anything. These, These five tips are based on the most common mistakes I see over and over and over again. So I'm telling you them so that you can avoid making these super common mistakes that I see. Tip number one, this is my top most important tip. If you just do this one, then you will immediately improve your emails. Don't overload your email with too much information. Go write this down somewhere and like, remember it forever. Instead, I want you to think of your of this relationship of the email campaign as I mentioned in the intro of this episode, more of like a courtship or a dating experience. So your goal with the emails is to build a strong relationship with your subscribers. You want to entice them, you want to tease them with just the right amount of captivating content. If you think about going on a first date or even like the first few dates, you're not going to like hopefully, hopefully not tell this person your life story or talk about all of your emotional baggage and all this stuff and just give them the kitchen sink. You're going to reveal bits and pieces of yourself, tell you know, certain stories that represent who you are, but kind of also testing the waters because you want this person to not run for the hills. And you also want to leave some mystery so that they are inspired to keep seeing you, right? So remember with these emails, you wanna make those subscribers commit to your brand and to make that ultimate commitment of purchasing your jewelry. If you sit down to make an email and you find that you have a lot to say and you're tempted to keep adding things at your e- to your email, check yourself because that's a red flag that that should either be a few different emails or it's a sign that there actually needs to be more information put on your website like in a product description, a landing page, a blog post, or somewhere else. And then that email can link to the bigger story elsewhere. 
but watch out and please resist the temptation for dumping everything in an email. Tip number two, craft captivating subject lines. Please keep them short. If you read emails on a mobile device, you know that subject lines get cut off. You want to eliminate as many unnecessary words as possible. If you feel tempted to like put another word in there, check yourself. Let's bring it back, okay? (laughs) We're talking five words max. If you struggle with this, this is a really great use case for ChatGPT. You would just take the subject line you have in mind Tell, G- t- tell ChatGPT that you are creating a subject line for an email campaign. Here's what you wrote. Ask it to give you like 10 more options that are shorter, that are five words max, whatever. Try to include calls to action in your subject lines. You don't have to put it in every single one, but remember that the goal of the subject line is to inspire someone to open your email. I hate seeing long subject lines with unnecessary words. There's no point. Just resist that temptation. The subject line is a teaser to get someone to open the email. The email is a teaser to get someone to go shop on your website. Nothing related to the email should be giving them the entire kitchen sink or whatever. (laughs) I've used that phrase a bunch of times, but I think you get what I mean. Tip number three, really prioritize email deliverability. So you want to be following best practices to ensure that your emails land in your subscribers' inboxes, such as maintaining a healthy sender reputation, aka don't spam people. Also, cleaning your email list regularly. So creating segments of subscribers that maybe haven't engaged with you in a long time. They haven't opened or clicked in a long time. Don't just add people to your subscriber list without their permission. And please send email marketing through an email platform like Klaviyo, not just from your personal Gmail. It is very not cool when people do that and you're not offering a way for the recipient to unsubscribe. Email marketing needs to be taken seriously and handled through an email marketing platform. Tip number four, balance the sales with the storytelling and really focus overall on providing value. Not every email has to be a sales pitch. In fact, please don't make every email a sales pitch. I would say in addition to telling your brand story, you can provide relevant educational content. You can share jewelry care tips, style guides, fashion trends. That way you position your brand as an authority and provide value beyond sales. And tip number five, try to create a sense of like exclusivity or something special for your email subscribers. Someone giving you their email address and trusting you with that is no small thing. I think it really is taken for granted by a lot of businesses. So for your email subscribers, offer them something special like limited time promotions, early access to new collections, or some kind of VIP perks, whatever you can get creative, but ultimately making them feel special. 
my bonus tip is send more often than you feel comfortable sending. I would say sending email campaigns once per month is not enough for a number of reasons. I I can talk for another hour about why that is, but let me quickly explain. One, people really will forget about you if you are not sending super regularly, like at least once every other week or every week. Why? Because if you send once a month, there's a chance that many of your subscribers won't even see that once a month email. And then let's say they happen to see one that you send like three months later, they might even forget that they like subscribe to your list. Emails get really crowded. I mean, inboxes get really crowded. There's a good chance they're not seeing those emails that you're sending once a month. And the fewer people opening and clicking on your emails, that's going to ruin your sender reputation and end up getting you into spam folders. Those are all bad things for email marketing. So I would try to baby step to once every two weeks and then move to once per week at the very least. If you feel shy or self-conscious or writer's blocky about that, just focus on providing value. Focus on thinking of your subscribers as a friend that you genuinely want to have a good relationship with. The same way that you maintain friendships with your real friends by calling them regularly, texting them regularly, telling them funny stories, checking in with them, whatever it is, you want to do that with your email subscribers. So start getting excited about this connection that you could potentially have with your subscribers. Okay, that's it for now. Much more to come in future episodes. Go to joyjoya.com slash jump for more information, action items, and further resources. Before we get into the gold mine, as well as my jewelry marketing news roundup, I want to share a case study of a jewelry brand that I think embodies everything I talk about in this podcast. All right, today's content case study is actually not even a jewelry brand, but that's fine. We always find crossover in other industries. So Printfresh, who I'm highlighting today, is a women's sleepwear and loungewear brand. They're known for their organic cotton apparel with artistic limited edition prints inspired by plants, animals, and home decor. I recently received an email campaign for their new rewards program called Dream Team Rewards, and it gives members exclusive access to a world of rewards. So members of this program earn points from every purchase. They're able to redeem those points for gift cards, first dib access to new collections, and even unlock free shipping. The reason this caught my eye was because I thought the storytelling was so playful and on brand. First of all, it's called the dream team. Okay, that makes so much sense for a sleepwear company. And then next, they had these three different tiers for reward members, and each of those have really cute names. Nighty Novice, Learned Lounger, and PJ Professional. And then each tier corresponds to how much money the customer has spent with the brand. So the rewards are based on tier level. For example, 
The PJ Professional is the highest tier. They get things like free shipping on all orders, one bonus 20% off coupon, and entry into a monthly $200 gift card draw, a special holiday gift. There are a ton, ton of perks. It's actually really cool. And although I am not a frequent customer of this business, it kind of inspired me to perhaps think about shopping there. So this landing page also explains that you can earn bonus points by doing things like posting a photo review, following them on Instagram, signing up for the newsletter, signing up for SMS, etc. And I just thought this was such a thoughtful, thoughtful way to launch a rewards program. Not only is the language cute and on brand, but there are also visual elements all over this webpage that connect the program back to print fresh, like they have pictures of women hanging out together in their cute pajamas and loungewear. They have some swatches of the prints that are used on the pajamas that are straight strategically placed on the page. And I think, you know, a lot of brands, jewelry brands, whatever brands, they're like, oh, we want to launch a rewards program. But then they don't really intentionally think about how to present the story around it. How are we going to answer the question, why? And how are we going to connect this back to our brand? So if you've been thinking about launching a rewards program, or if this has inspired you, I highly recommend you look at this one as an example, and I'll put the link in the show notes. So what do you think? Let me know in a podcast review or YouTube comment. Okay, let's get into the gold mine. So if you've been following this podcast for a while, you already know what's up with the gold mine. I don't need to explain it to you. But if you're new to this podcast, it's a segment of the episode where I get a little more personal and speak from my own experience talking about topics like entrepreneurship, mindset, success, personal development, etc. Today's gold mine is for anyone out there who's curious about hiring marketing support, whether that means a virtual assistant, an intern, a part-time person, a whole team, a full-time person, a consultant, whatever, marketing support, but you're not sure or you're held back from doing this because you're not sure how to find someone who's quote unquote good Or, and this is something I have seen before, maybe you've had a bad experience working with a marketing partner in the past, and now you feel a little bit nervous about doing it again because you don't want to have a bad experience. Totally fair. So I'm going to help you or try to help you. But I want to preface this by saying what I think good marketing is so that you have a frame of reference. So good marketing really revolves around looking for ways to build brand awareness as well as relationships with customers and then using data to make all the decisions around that, all the while incrementally trying to improve the strategy. So constant improvement, constant changes looking for ways to get better at this, strengthen the relationships, attract more people to the brand. And the data part is so important because it will help you, 
It will help the person helping you look back at what has worked, what has not worked, and also help you see the opportunities. One thing that really gets me going is when people say that marketing is subjective or it's just about like making something look pretty or be pretty, my sparklers, marketing is not subjective, okay? It's a very strategic and data-driven activity that requires you to have a keen eye for data and insights and also a deep understanding of consumer behavior, at least for the consumer that you're trying to target. And good marketers, good marketers, know that success lies in how they use data to make their informed decisions. So... A good marketer isn't only relying on gut feelings or personal opinions, even though there's definitely some intuition involved in marketing, but that is always paired with the data, you know, because sometimes you have to interpret data based on your experience and your internal knowledge, but it's never only based on gut and it's never only based on an opinion, So good marketers are diving into a treasure trove of data, uncovering insights, they're analyzing customer demographics, the purchase patterns, engagement metrics. They're trying to always understand what makes the audience tick. And this data-driven approach allows them to tailor marketing efforts in a way that really resonates with the person that they're hoping will buy the products. And so now that you know what a good marketer is, on the flip side, a bad marketer will make decisions based on assumptions, based on what they personally like or dislike. They might come up with catchy slogans or flashy ads, or even, you know, they might think they're cool. You might even think they're cool. They like seem really blingy or eye-catching, whatever, but they don't resonate with the audience. And the secret to spotting a good marketer lies in how they're utilizing data and not just that they're like super creative and brilliant and coming up with all these great ideas. It's what are the right ideas that make sense based on the data and that make sense based on the target audience. And a good marketer will constantly track and measure the performance of campaigns. They'll be monitoring key metrics, like let's say conversion rates, click-through rates, customer acquisition costs. For a good marketer, the data is acting as a compass. It's guiding them towards what's working and what needs improvement. They'll use testing to compare different strategies. I can't say this enough. It's all about making data-informed decisions, not about blindly following trends or personal preferences. And I would say the world of marketing is evolving so quickly at lightning speed, especially with AI technology now. And with the advent of these new technologies Now, as marketers, as business owners, we have access to more data than ever before. And the good marketers are the ones who know how to 
use that power, how to use technology to their advantage. And the good marketers are the ones who know how to harness that power of data, of technology. They're using these tools to gain insights, not to cut corners, but to empower themselves even further to stay ahead of the curve. So the next time someone tells you that marketing is subjective or they try to convince you they're a good marketer because they have a ton of good ideas, I would say watch out for those idea people (laughs) because a lot of people have good ideas, but if they don't have a plan, they don't know how to execute a plan, they don't know how to track the results of the plan, you can confidently shake your head and say, no way. You need solid data, reasoning, you don't need subjectivity, you can pretty confidently guess that someone who's just going by their whims, by their preferences, and by trends is not really great at marketing. Maybe they're just good at being creative. Of course, there's a place for ideas in business. Yes, there need to be ideas in business, but they all need to be implemented with a trained filter and a solid strategy behind them. What do you think about that? Does it resonate with you? Let me know in a YouTube comment or a podcast review, and I'd love to know your thoughts. Okay, let's get into the news roundup where I share three relevant articles related to jewelry or marketing. The first one comes from Retail Brew, and it's called Luxury Customer Experience Expectations Can Differ Globally and Brands Need to Keep Up. So as you can imagine, Customer expectations around shopping, especially around luxury shopping, can really vary from country to country, region to region, and anyone who sells luxury goods needs to understand the preferences and nuances of their local markets. So for example, American customers value extreme convenience, but customers in the Middle East may prioritize opulence, attentiveness, and extended conversations during their shopping experience. In places like Asia and like India, customers seek ultra-personal experiences, and they want to chat with brands via platforms like WhatsApp. European customers, they have their own unique expectations. They value product knowledge, but they don't want to feel smothered by salespeople. So regardless of region... Overall, luxury customers expect seamlessness in the shopping experience. And this article references the brand, I think it's called Macage. They've prioritized consistent customer experiences across channels, ensuring a unified journey for customers interacting with customer service, physical stores, and online platforms. My main takeaway is, I've said it before, I'll say it again, You really need to know your target audience intimately rather than just guessing and assuming. And even the the insights I shared from this article, like what American customers like versus Parisian customers, whatever, that may not even be true for your specific customers. So you need to tap into your customer's specific needs because they are not going to be the same as your competitors, perhaps, or whatever. And it's super important that you are listening, learning, speaking to them in their language, giving them what they want. 
The next article comes from Rappaport and it's called Advice from the Pros, What You Need to Know About Jewelry Marketing. Uh, This is actually a plug for an article that I was interviewed for along with Megan Crabtree, friend of the podcast. She's been on the podcast before, and we talk about jewelry marketing today and moving into the future. So according to me, the future of jewelry marketing really lies in adapting quickly to new technologies and changing consumer behavior, leveraging AI, streamlining processes. It's also a current reality moving into the future. I also talk about email marketing in this article, and I recommend growing email lists and sending regular communications to subscribers. Of course, that's what this episode was all about. And then Megan suggests that the best way to reach your current customers is through targeted campaigns based on their purchase history, customizing the marketing approach to their specific interests and preferences to encourage loyalty. She also said that when it comes to acquiring new customers, especially bridal, she advises early on offering an excellent customer experience with affordable items first to attract them to the store and establish a positive relationship. There are a ton of other takeaways in this article. I'm not going to bore you with them in this summary. I'll put the link in the show notes if you want to check it out, and I highly recommend it. I'd also recommend listening to that episode with Megan Crabtree if you want to go back in the archives. And the last article today comes from NewYorkTimes.com, and it's called Digital Interactions Are Just a Part of a Jewelry Sale Now. Fine jewelry brands are finding that customers' pandemic shopping habits, such as using WhatsApp for their inquiries and communications, have not gone away. It's become a lasting trend. So one person quoted in this article, they found this guy, I think his name was Antonio, if I remember correctly. He feels more comfortable using WhatsApp to inquire about and make purchases from major jewelry retailers that offer this feature of communications. So he says he became interested in a 2.65 carat old European cut diamond engagement ring offered online. He began communicating with this one store on WhatsApp, eventually did a video call, and then finally decided to make the purchase. So the um, retailer they talk about in this article is London-based Hancock's, and they say that since they initiated WhatsApp as a customer communication channel, 20% of their sales now originate from the messaging app compared to less than 10% before the pandemic. Customers are continuing to prioritize product-focused luxury spending even after the pandemic. And this more multi-touch way of communicating with customers is truly contributing to the success of the jewelry businesses that are able to sell at these price points. My main takeaway again and again, I'll say it forever and ever, it comes down to what makes your customers feel comfortable. But I think for a lot of jewelry businesses, they underestimate how how much, how comfortable customers will be with say chatting on WhatsApp or doing live chat. I think consumers today are more comfortable than ever before interacting with businesses via digital channels. 
So if you don't already have something like live chat, WhatsApp, or a similar messaging platform, why not give that a try and then open yourself up for conversations and more inquiries from customers. That is all for today. Did you have any questions about Jewelry Marketing Jumpstart? You can always email me Larissa, that's L-A-R-Y-S-S-A at joyjoya.com. If you love this podcast, please share it with a friend who'd appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe as well as leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you're completely new to digital marketing, then you'll want to purchase and read a copy of my book, Jewelry Marketing Joy. Visit joyjoya.com book for more information.